0: Listening to the Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Minici. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is Aileen Miracle, and I want to first apologize for taking so long, um, such a long break in between podcasting. I really did not mean to take that long of a break, but life happened, and I took a really long break, but I'm really excited to be back podcasting um, because I have a co-host with me, and her name is Katie Minichi. Katie, can you go ahead and say hi? Hello. Katie is a friend of mine and a colleague. She teaches in my district. So Katie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. I'm Katie Manichi. I've been teaching in Olentangy for four years in central Ohio for 15. I was originally from the Cleveland area. I'm a sewer. I have a dog and a cat and a five-year-old and a husband named Tim.
0: All right. It actually kind of all worked out really nicely. Um, You might have seen Katie's name, actually, if you have bought any of my Country of the Month sets, because she's the co-author of those. Um, And she came to me, I don't know what was that, like about a month ago, Yeah, and said, you know, it'd be really fun if we did a podcast together. And right before that happened, I started listening to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast, which I will link to in the show notes, um, with Carrie and Tanya Lejeune, and I know both of them. And I was listening to their podcast and thinking, wow, this would be so fun to do a podcast with someone instead of it just being me. I mean, I've interviewed people before in my podcast, but You know, a lot of times it is just me, and I just thought it was really nice that they could sit down and just talk with each other. So when Katie came to me and said, hey, do you want to do the podcast together? I was like, yeah, that would be great. So thank you so much, Katie.
1: Yeah, this is great for us because my husband's had a podcast for several years, and we have all the equipment, and uh, he likes to edit things. So this is great for me, too. Yeah, it's a win-win. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, in today's podcast, we
0: are going to talk about being a traveling music teacher, um, which I know a lot of people out there are traveling in some form or another. That seems to be pretty common amongst special area teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Katie, tell us a little bit about what is your experience with uh, traveling?
1: Well, I currently travel for your district, our district. Yeah. Uh, This is my fourth year of travel, and my sixth school during that time. So I've been busy. Yeah. Overall, really enjoy it. I think the biggest positive for me is that my first eight years of teaching were in a district that was not always health, helpful or supportive or Mm -hmm. really healthy. Uh, So I appreciate the dating aspect of traveling. That's how I usually tell people. I think that it's a really great way to get to know the ins and outs of a new district, and also give you the opportunity to have fantastic employment without being tied to one building, which is something that I yeah. needed professionally at the time because I was right. not I was not in a confident place after being in an unhappy overall district before I came to Olin Tangi. So for me, it's been. Yeah kind of a time of healing and a chance for me to make friends and get to know the whole environment. So that part's been really good.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good perspective. Um, I currently, I guess this is my eighth year at my school, um, which I opened up the school and I've not had to travel for any of that time. But um, my first two years of teaching, I taught in Michigan and I traveled Mm -hmm. both years. And then I taught for five years in Lancaster, which is like a rural area, um, southeast of Columbus. And I traveled every single year, all five years. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: my first year in Olentangy, I don't know if I ever told you this, Katie, it was kind of crazy. I would start at the elementary just for any meetings. Then I would go to the middle school for to teach one class in the art room (laughs) it was seventh grade general music and then I would come back and teach the rest of the day at the elementary
1: Oh that was my first
0: year and then my second year I didn't have to go to the middle school anymore I think my second year I think I actually was full-time at the building but then I had to travel again where I was traveling every single day to a different building so yeah I definitely know what it's like to absolutely
1: oh my goodness and I think it's worth saying that we are in an exponentially growing district
0: yeah it's a it's like is it still the fastest
1: growing school district in the state of Ohio I think it is yeah it's sort of amazing yeah which makes it exciting to be a part of Uh and I think makes us very progressive in a lot of ways right yeah but then you end up with positions like yours where you had Meetings at one building and then taught at another, and then yeah, and it was funny because it was like that year it was
0: kindergarten, first and second grade journal music, okay, great, totally comfortable sure, with that sure fourth and fifth grade strings, which I had never done before, right definitely brush up on some you know my string tech <laughs>
1: knowledge
0: <laughs> and seventh grade general music, <laughs> so it was a little bit of a crazy year, but it was I mean I ended up actually enjoying especially in the first part of the year, really enjoying the seventh grade general music more sure. so than I yeah, thought sure. I would. So let's talk about like what we have loved or what we do love about traveling.
1: Sure. Uh, I personally love being somewhat above the fray of any politics in a building. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. You have some autonomy about how involved you want to get. Mm-hmm. which which I think is really positive because you can stay that positive force in the building, hopefully. Yes. Uh, I also love that kids are kids no matter where you go. Yeah. Uh, I think that's such a big piece of it, and it's so refreshing to go from building to building and see the struggles are similar everywhere and the, the positives are the same everywhere. Uh, so yeah. even if you have a really high-functioning positive staff, you're still going to have days where kids are just going to – Be affected by the blood moon, right? Yeah. Right. I think it's just really good perspective that not everyone gets to see if you're in the same building year after year.
0: Yeah. That's a great perspective that I don't know. Probably people kind of get in their own bubble of like, oh, the kids at this school are a certain way. But when you're traveling and you see, no, like these are kids (laughs) and kids
1: are kids, you know? Kids are kids. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I loved getting out into the fresh air because, (laughs) like, in my room and when i taught and on the stage which is where you teach um right now correct right are you on the stage at all I your building i am
1: buildings? I'm on all the stages
0: all right oh yeah um, okay so your the stages don't have in our district don't have windows and neither do the music rooms and the the music like the music room i have is very big and spacious and i'm you know very happy and thankful to have it but there are no windows so it could be snowing it could be pouring the only I do know when there is like a thunderstorm because of I can hear like the rain on the roof
1: correct but
0: even that I really unless I go outside my room and look down the hallway I really do not know what's going on outside (laughs) so it especially when it's nice out you know when it's starting to get warm out it is nice to just go outside and get into the fresh air
1: The fall and spring are traveler perks.
0: Yeah. But then we pay
1: for it in the winter.
0: (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And I think also having the variety in your day that you're doing, you know, two classes here and then you get in your car and you go to two classes here, even though, you know, that can be a pain to not be all in one place. Sure. I think there is kind of a beauty to the variety.
1: Yes, for sure. And, you know, I think you can choose your own adventure when it comes to the amount of variety. In our district, it's designed so that the travelers are teaching the same grade band because right. we divide things up so that certain grade levels get a double amount of certain specials, I guess, or, right. or encore or whatever you choose to call it. So right. technically related arts. Yeah. yeah. Related arts. So technically, I teach kindergarten, third and fourth grade. But at three different buildings, I teach them differently based off of the lead teacher and what she's been able or he has been able to cover. Um, Right. But also just based off of the needs of that population. So if I have students that need a little bit more of one or another thing, I can adapt my lesson plan. So even though I'm teaching mostly the same grade levels, I don't ever teach them the same, which is refreshing, too. Yeah.
0: So I think that leads us into our next part which is what the struggles with traveling are so you're just talking about like the positive aspects of having like you're at three schools is that what you said yes having three schools and three different teachers and really kind of like three different lessons even though you're teaching the same grade levels but it can that be a struggle sometimes that you're not teaching all the same thing at the building or that you have three different teachers that you're working with and collaborating with
1: absolutely I mean, I think you have to be so flexible as a traveler and that can wear on you. I I talked to another colleague yesterday, too, about my own personal sensory issues, because there's Uh never a time I have a wall that directly uh, shares with the music room and then a fake, Uh a false wall. Right. That movable wall. Yeah, movable wall. (laughs) That that uh is it is up against our cafeteria, which we call the commons. So, right. at any given day, two to three classes are taught while well, that common space is in use. And right. sometimes I just come home and fall asleep. I forget how much yeah. I'm having to block out. Yes, and how much my students have to block out. Yeah, and so that's a struggle for me because I think our kids deserve better, but our yeah. Our district is growing so fast. I don't think that there's another place for them to put us. So teaching during lunch is probably one of my biggest struggles.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that has to be hard. And how late? How late does your lunch go? Uh, Like, does it go here too? Because at our building,
1: well, it doesn't always go into my second building because thankfully I was scheduled my planning block during that time. So if the noise is too much for me, I just go to the lounge or go to the office and sit and work. Um, Right. But what does happen, which is almost laughable, like you just have to laugh when our preschools are not able to go outside, they have Mm -hmm. gym or recess time in the commons. So just the other day I was giving a keyboard assessment and the, the kids have headphones, so it's not as noticeable Right. But the aisle of keyboards that was closest to that uh, accordion wall, those students were actually getting bumped by the wall because preschoolers uh, were throwing balls at the wall. Literally. Yeah. Right. And it was it really was laughable because they were yeah. playing and here they are trying to use proper technique and curve their fingers and use right. and their heads are getting hit by this wall. Oh my god. So so, I've
0: heard stories of people teaching instead of it being like a you know thick movable wall. Yeah, where it's actually like a curtain, like a cloth curtain. And oh,
1: forget about it's it. It's in the
0: music class being hit with in the head with a ball from gym class, right?
1: right. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> laugh.
0: Which is not funny. I should not be laughing. I mean, it's it's not. But you have to laugh. Anybody. but like if you don't laugh, you're gonna cry.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. And preschool is so gracious. The teachers will always come over and say, oh, is it OK that we're here? And, and, you know, it's good perspective for me. I'm yeah. more empathetic now that I'm a parent, for sure, because yes. I can look at them and say, my daughter is in preschool and I know right. how important it is right now yes. that they're running. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I'm understanding, but there are days that I just come home and fall asleep on the couch. Right,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So space is definitely a struggle. Sure. Another one I have, I have experienced is just not really feeling at home at a building. I remember when I was teaching at that middle school, because I was only there one hour, you know, every day, right? I would go into the teacher's lounge, or not the teacher's lounge, I guess, like the copy room to make copies. And I would have people look at me like, who are you?
1: You know, sure.
0: and I, I mean, I have worked, especially when I was a little bit younger, I've worked in places where they thought I was a student. And especially when you're in middle school, like there could have that that could have been an issue. I don't know um, where right. they think I'm just this student or a student helper just in the copy room or just who are you? What are you doing here? I've never seen you before kind of thing, you know, and that's just hard because and also like I was teaching in the art room at the time. So I didn't have my own space. I was sharing her space and she was very gracious, but it's, it was her planning and she had a class going on during her planning in her room, you right. know? Um, so she didn't exactly feel at home either. I mean, I know when I have my planning, I'd like it to be quiet in my room, you know? Correct. That I think just when you're not there all the time, you're there, you're only there for an hour. It can be hard to really feel like you're at home.
1: I agree for sure.
0: And then we kind of touched upon this, but like not exactly feeling like it's your program. Right. What has been your experience with that?
1: Well, you know, I did a program K through eight by myself, basically in a vacuum for eight years at the beginning of my career. Mm -hmm. So I find it refreshing in some ways to be able to be the assistant and to be able to Give that up a little bit. it's right. it's been nice at this point in my career to be able to do that. Right. I think it's I think it would have been harder at the beginning of my career when I felt more like I had to prove myself, yeah, but because I've already done that, I feel really comfortable saying this is what's best for kids, and so a lot of times what I have to put in in my brain is that even if philosophically I might differ with the lead teacher at a building that at the end of the day, unless what they're teaching is truly wrong, Mm -hmm. that there's really not a reason for me to step in. I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to allow that person enough space and respect to let them do what they do. Right. Um, So I pick my battles because I might not be there the next year. And yeah, I ran into this at my, my first year of travel, my first building. I didn't realize the administration was as rigid as they were, and I started a choir, and then the next year I was moved, and the lead teacher was essentially forced to continue the choir, even though that was not something that she felt comfortable doing. And oh. so that oh. was that was a lesson for me. Because I I put a colleague in a position where they had to continue a program that they really didn't feel passionate about. And I think that they've grown in their interest since then. And certainly that person um, is still a friend. But it it definitely stayed in my mind that I need to be careful about the things that I add because those things might be left either in shambles when I go Or we'll fall into the lap of someone that maybe won't feel as passionate about it. So I think that you always have to put the kids first and just Mm -hmm. remember that that time's going to come. You know, I'll have my own building eventually and I can do those things later.
0: Yeah. And I think the way that we're doing it in our district, so just a little bit of background here, um, as Katie was saying before, certain grade levels get certain specials like twice during a rotation because we do A, B, C, D, E. So third and fourth grade get music twice every rotation. But typically, they'll come one time to one music teacher and then the second time to the second music teacher, which it ad- admittedly, when I first heard about that, I wasn't so sure about that idea right? because it was just so different from anything I had ever done before. Um, but I actually have really grown to love it. Because I, I still see, yeah, I still see all the kids, which is great. It's, you know, before it was like, I just wouldn't see him for a year, but now I still see them. And then like Emily, my colleague, my, the traveler at my building this year, she was actually my former student teacher. She does a lot of like, she'll do reinforcement of like rhythmic concepts or melodic concepts or whatever. But then she does these awesome extension lessons where they're like composing in Chrome music lab. Or like she did like Instruments of the Orchestra or she was talking about doing some coding activities with them, fun. like a coding project. Like how fun is that, you know? So I love that they're getting the extension and she's able to like dive deeper into things because like Instruments of the Orchestra, like I, I definitely, you know, touch about, upon that as much as I can, but I just, I, I don't have a whole lot of time to get into everything that I want to as deeply as I want to, Correct. you know? Yes. So it is really nice to have someone who doing that extension and like digging deeper into certain things.
1: I agree. And, you know, it does allow the traveler a creative space when you have the right partner teacher that you're working with. Yes. It does give you that that ability to try new things that maybe you've wanted to do. And we aren't as tied to making sure every piece of the curriculum is covered. Um, And then I have other teachers that want to give some of that content up because they've wanted to be creative. So having that partnership, I think, kind of ebbs and flows in a really nice way.
0: Yeah. All right. So we've talked about some of the, you know, struggles, like not feeling at home or not feeling like it's your program. But we have some suggestions for just tips and tricks that can help you with those. So... Katie, I know one of yours was getting involved. So right. what do you mean by that?
1: I think it's important to just be a presence in the building. So uh, and I mentioned that later, but really they're the same. So the beginning and the and the first and the last sort of tie in together in, in my notes before we met today. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to just sometimes I just do a walk of the of the building. And our buildings are all essentially a circle. Right, so, yeah, so I think it's important for people to just know who I am, yeah, so because I'm very Italian in my heritage <laughs> and also in my in my day to day life, and so uh-huh. I always joke that uh, I work better with people if I've shared a meal with them, uh-huh, and i I think the same is true of just saying hello it you know it's it it brings me back to the fact that our school uh one of the schools that I'm at is is celebrating start with hello week and Mm -hmm. I do think there's something to that I think when you put a face to a name people are more willing to work with you and feel more comfortable asking questions so um, I like to just do a loop of the building as the beginning of my planning time also because I sometimes feel like I've just been sitting or running around or not really present so it kind of grounds me and then I, I think finding something that you can call your own at each building is really healthy. So, for example, at, at my morning building, which I have been at for the longest and had spent the most time there, I started a school-wide sing-along, which is not unusual yeah. in our district. But right. it's nice that that's something that I call my own, that, it, right. that, that the building knows that that's something that I do. And also that it would not have to continue if I left. They know that that's my endeavor. And I also right. started a choir there. So mm-hmm. um, just having those things that that I'm the point person for, I think, mm-hmm. is important. And I know there's another traveler in our building that actually does uh, gifted intervention. Mm-hmm. And she does our blood drive. So even something as simple as that, or doing the school dance-a-thon, or... Whatever project that can be yours and no one else's, I think is really helpful.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Thanks. And then I see in your notes, get organized. Yes. How do you organize as a traveler? I don't, I'm going to be like full disclosure here. I think a lot of people think that I'm super organized. Ah! (laughs) And I, Digitally, I'm very organized. Like everything is in a neat little folder on my computer. Sure. But if you looked at my desk, Katie, it's laughable.
1: You know, (laughs) it's like it's like
0: everything is just thrown in. You ever reach a point where like you're just so overwhelmed by the mess that you just throw everything into a junk drawer? Yes. That's me like almost all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, I was the kid that was using indoor recess time to organize her desk. Oh, I am yeah. that I am that breed of nerd. So yeah, that's great. That's a thing.
0: That's yeah, who
1: I am. I think one of the main things I do is have folders for each school. So okay. whether it be paper and pencil, which I celebrate, I'm taking notes while we talk right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a binder that goes with me everywhere, and mm-hmm. that binder has a section for each school, and then also just a district section. So that's where like my year plans go, my lesson plan yeah. templates. But then right. I have a section um, with copies of seating charts and, and that kind of stuff right, for each building. And it doesn't always come out every day, but right. it's it's nice even if I were sick that right now I have every seating chart for all three of my buildings so that if something were to happen – I have copies of those things that are on my person at almost all times.
0: Okay. So I think when I did that before, I had something similar. Like I had a binder with lesson plans and seating charts and all that. But I left it at the building. So you're saying you have like a binder you keep with you.
1: I do. I have a travel binder. And then I also have copies of that binder on my desk as well. That's smart. So the seating, thanks. So the seating charts are there. the building and emergency information, Alice Drill scripts, all those things are on each desk. But then I also have a travel binder that's with me so that I can refer to that because I tend to think about each building when I am physically in that space. Right. So then if I get an email from someone while I'm at building B about building C, sometimes it's hard for me to wrap around or picture that student or whatever because I really tend to try to compartmentalize as much as I can. Yeah. I harness as much male energy as I can and try to compartmentalize. (laughs) And so, sorry, male teachers out there. Uh, (laughs) But I I really do try to separate it so that I'm more focused on each task when I'm there. So if I'm asked to sort of switch gears then I can pull that travel binder out and reference things, and the same goes for my email i have I have a separate email folder for each building, yeah, and my Google Docs are organized by building
0: building, yeah, also very smart.
1: well, it's just the way my brain works. I have to do it yeah. that way, and then I know if it's a choir thing, then I look at building a because that's where I have right. a choir.
0: And at Building B,
1: I teach recorder and keyboard. So I look at that one. Yeah, right. So it's kind of autobiographical in that high-fidelity way, if you remember that movie. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I did, but it's a
0: long time ago. It is a good movie.
1: But during his breakup, he finds it comforting to have organized all of his albums autobiographically, so he has to remember. Uh Okay, it's coming back (laughs) to me now. Yeah. That's kind of how I organize my data.
0: (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I'm just thinking back, like, when I was traveling, it was before everything became so digital.
1: Right. So
0: like Google Docs was not a thing that I used when I was traveling, you know. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's really clever to have like a folder for each building and email. Yeah. I mean, you get all those emails that go to every single building that that are like this, you know, the school emails Correct. and trying to keep track of all of that. Yeah, that is tricky.
1: Also, just reading your email. A lot of people don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard keeping, it keeping top of all of that. All right. So what else? I have, I see a note here for you. Ask and ye shall receive.
1: Yeah. That was my other big thought. And, and I sort of have learned this from talking to other travelers too. First of all, asking if there's a budget and if so, if it includes you, because yeah. I think a lot of travelers forget that they can order things yeah. and, and, get things. Mm-hmm. Um And if that money isn't there, how to ask for it elsewhere. So this past year, I wanted to use more technology and I was able to apply for a grant through our district's mm-hmm. um foundation. And yeah. so that was fantastic. And they supported our idea, which I remember Just talking awesome. to you. I was surprised yeah. that they supported us because I wanted to do iPads and we're very much a Chrome school yeah, uh, or yeah. Chrome district. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, just seeking those things out, and also knowing the spaces in the building. For example, I mentioned earlier preschool during my keyboard lab. Well, right. after keyboard lab, which takes up most of the square footage on the stage, I teach recorders. So I started the unit this this quarter and remembered how much I hated that. And so I went to the office and said, "Is there a space available?" And sure enough, we had an activity room that I was able to sign out for the whole quarter, so nice so I do my keyboard did, lap. or keyboard so I do my keyboard on the stage,
0: uh-huh. and then
1: I just travel I just walk around the corner to the activity room and teach recorder there that's and it's great. so much nicer and if I hadn't that's... asked those questions, I would have just suffered in silence,
0: yeah, yeah, in years past, I remember a couple of years ago, um My former colleague is now um, in Kansas City, I think, when she got married and moved to Kansas City. And I remember thinking, oh, I should probably ask her if she wants anything with this budget money. You know, I wasn't receiving that much From my budget. And I do have a lot of great things in my classroom that I've received through that same foundation that you just talked about or opening the building. And I'm very fortunate to have the things that I do, but I wasn't getting a whole lot per year, you know, as far as budget went. Correct. I did think to ask her, is there something that you want? And she, um, asked for, I don't remember the na- the exact name of them, but they're like these colorful bells where like the red bell is C and the orange bell is right. D thing, the bells. I think they're yeah. not handbells. Hand so she asked for that and I was like, sure. So it was like $45 or something through West Music. And then she ended up getting, deciding to get married and moving out of the district. But I love those bells. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh man, she's not here to use these bells, and then I thought, oh, I think I can use these bells. So, right, um, which I can link to those in the show notes for anybody who's interested. Um, yeah, there's some really cool things. I like. I had students figuring out how to play Apple Tree in centers. It was really fun. Oh, that's um, so cute. Yeah. So you know i think if you are a teacher right now listening to this podcast and you're not a traveler you're like the you know main music teacher and you have someone traveling to your building um if you can try to be cognizant of if there are funds that perhaps the traveling music teacher could use or you could at least have a conversation together of what both of you could use, then that can be helpful because I think sometimes as a traveler, you just don't think to ask or you don't know if you can ask or you, you don't know if that's going to be overstepping your boundaries
1: right. too much, you know? Yeah, I think I'm really fortunate to be traveling later. Well, at least in the middle of my career, I wouldn't say later in my career. Right. uh I think it's really great because I am my own traveling show. I went through the Kodai program, the same one that you did Uh and having those levels, I've, I have so many manipulatives that I've created over the years. But if I was new in my career, it would be very difficult to travel. I think because I can just fill up my trunk with all the picture books I've purchased with my own money and all the things that are already laminated. But If I were newer, I think that it would be really helpful to have someone that would mentor me a little bit in that role. Yeah, for sure. All right. So
0: we've talked about just struggling, you know, struggles and solutions for being a traveling music teacher. But we wanted to talk just for a couple minutes about those of you who are on a cart. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been on a cart, Katie? No, I have not. I just I can't even say it wasn't like a full time thing. But I think it was like my afternoon school for one year, I had to be on a cart. And it might not have even been the whole year. I don't remember exactly. But you know, I had to travel from room to room for like half of the year. Or maybe it was a full year, but it was just that one building. So a couple of things that I found helpful is just like to kind of walk around the building, like you were talking before, but looking at each of the spaces. Mm-hmm. and trying to see like how can we adapt this for music class because it's kind of hard to have kids sitting at desks you know and then trying to stand up and play like we are dancing or something when they're sitting at desks so like a lot right. of class teachers would have like a carpet area so if you can utilize that carpet area for singing games and you might have to move a few things out of the way so that you know nobody gets hurt <laughs> um, yeah. so just kind of like looking at each room and figuring out you know what you can, how you can adapt it. But then you had an, Ike- uh, like, a cart from Ikea.
1: I do. And I actually use it as my daughter's art cart. Uh-huh. But I think if I had to travel on a cart, I would buy one. It's the, I think it's called the Raskog. It's okay. R-A-S-K-O-G. And, it's and a I'll th- put
0: that in the show notes too. Yeah, it
1: it's a three-tiered cart. And they have several containers that attach to the side of it too, if you needed to oh, add I, little things. And I yeah. can find that and send you the link to that as well.
0: Okay. But good. it is
1: such a great cart for us in our home that uh-huh. I know if I had to be on a cart, that's probably what I would purchase.
0: Yeah. And it's really exciting because here in Columbus, Ohio, we got Ikea, an, an Ikea recently. It's a big deal. <laughs> I love it. And Mace loves it maybe more than I do. do. She calls it Hi-Kia.
1: She She's like, are we going to Haikia?" I love that. <laughs> Nina asks us if we can go into the big city and eat at the blue building. Oh, my gosh. It's so cute. It's so cute. She likes their mac and cheese. Yeah. And their meatballs are good, too. <laughs> <laughs> they have All veggie right. meatballs now.
0: Oh, fun. <laughs> fun for All you. All right. So I hope this, for those of you listening, I hope this has been helpful. Um, You know, just thinking about what are the benefits of traveling? Because it's, you know, I think sometimes it can be this daunting thing and it can seem like there are all the, all these negative things about traveling, but there can be some really good things about traveling. But then what are the struggles and, you know, how do you kind of work around that? And one thing that I just realized that we didn't mention that I'm pretty sure both of us have done mm. um, as far as feeling at home in a building is to go to social events
1: Oh, for sure. So
0: like, you know, if you're if you have a staff party or happy hour or whatever, like if there's some kind of social event that you can go to to get to know those teachers, you know, that you only see for, you know, just passing in the hallway or whatever, that can be really helpful too. I agree. We are going to do something new since I brought Katie on. I'm going to add one more new thing. At the end of each podcast, Katie and I are going to talk about things that we are reading or listening to, or we could just call it what we are consuming. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be. It might not be like teaching related at all, but it could be. Um, So Katie, what are you consuming?
1: Well, I'm currently consuming. I love that. It makes me feel like... um... Like a do- a dinosaur or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things I've been reading is my husband's book. He was in a band for over 10 years called The Stepford Five, which is uh-huh. intentionally a play on The Stepford Wives. And okay. uh, he his band just kind of dissolved when they started meeting women that, uh-huh. that actually wanted to date them. So... <laughs> so he never really had closure you know we we joke about it that the band is kind of like the woman that got away for him and he never really had that closure so he took all of their social media and even 10 12 years ago they they actually had essentially like a a blog and Uh would sort of blog through the recording process which really was kind of cutting edge at the time and Uh They were sometimes received negative feedback, as if that was sort of sort of narcissistic. But really, I think was really smart, and now is sort of the district, or not the district, but the the industry norm. Uh-huh. Um, but back then was not. So he collected all of their reviews and blogs and diaries when they were on the road, and put uh-huh. them into a book called "Am I Making a Sound?" Oh my gosh! And so fun. Yeah, and then also kind of reflected on, in hindsight, he can see the disintegration of the band, but at the time, yeah. they they weren't seeing it that way, so yeah. it was really fun, and I was his editor on that, so that's been really fun. Oh, so really fun. Really fun. So, like,
0: it's like a memoir, then, of his band days. In
1: a lot of ways, yeah, and I yeah. imagine only people who knew the band would really find it, But it's actually really interesting. And it ended up being sort of a social commentary on how social media sort of killed the radio star in a way. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't think he intended for that to happen. But it's really interesting to watch how um, the last 10 years have really reshaped music and how we consume it. Yeah. So that's what I've been consuming.
0: I love it. That sounds really interesting. I'd love to read that. Okay, so
1: what I have
0: been consuming is not at all teaching related. And I would only listen to this if you're an adult. So make sure your kids aren't around. But <laughs> there is a podcast called Dirty John, which is it's like a, like a crime story, essentially about a con man. And there's only maybe I don't know, seven or eight episodes. But it just tells a really detailed account of what happened to this family with this dirty John character. Um, and it was really fascinating. Like, I just think i I don't know. I do you watch Dateliner twenty twenty or any of those shows?
1: I have. I have,
0: yeah. I'm kind of addicted. like i I just love that kind of thing, but i <laughs> I think this was even way better than Dateliner twenty twenty because it really delves into why people made these decisions. And I think that's what is so fascinating to me. Is it,
1: is it true then?
0: Oh yeah. It's all true. Okay. Yeah. Like why, you know, so they're just telling their account of why did I make this horrible decision or why did I do that? Or why did I let him in my life? And why did I keep leaving him? And that kind of thing. It's just really fascinating to me. So yeah. So dirty John, I would look it up. It's, it's quite the podcast.
1: Okay. All right.
0: So this has been really fun, Katie. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. And um, to our podcast listeners out there, we promise that it's not going to be long before our next podcast. I promise not to take like a, I don't know, six month or more break like I did before. (laughs) We plan on being pretty regular with our podcasting. So if you want to get any of the links that we talked about in this podcast, you can go to my blog at Mrs. Miracles dot com and then click on podcast and then you can go to episode number nine and you'll find uh, the links that we talked about. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you. This was fun, Katie. And uh, if you haven't done this yet, if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to go to iTunes and leave a review so that more people can. And more music teachers can find it. And we will be chatting with you soon. All right. Thank you, everybody. And thanks to Katie. Thank you. Good night. Bye.